we will never sell dreams we will never say that we have created so and so academy and we'll play the world cup in the next 8 years this is what the newly elected president of the AIFF mr kalyan shobe had to say in his uh, press conference in fact the first one after he became the president now we all know how it all unfolded and what happened and everything you are listening to the totally indian football show i am your host siju and today i have a very dear friend on the show uh, who's a journalist with the indian express and also the express sports mehir welcome to the show and uh, really happy to have you really glad to be here siju it's been long time coming Yes, absolutely, and uh, thank you so much for taking time and talking to me. And uh, I think uh, it's always some, most of the times on the show we've always had uh, reunions as well. So this can be counted as one. <laughs> and what a way to catch up on things that has happened, and probably also looking forward to what will happen. Now we all know, like I said, how it all unfolded, right? But let's talk about the present, and uh, maybe later in the show we can go back a bit. So September second was when it was announced that uh, Kalyan Chaudhary is the new AIFF president. He was up against Pichan Bhotia, but it was a big, big margin, which is basically thirty-three to one is how Kalyan won the elections. And uh, Mihir, your initial thoughts when this happened? I think most of us kind of predicted that he would go on to be. Uh, so I'm counting you as one of them as well. Is that so? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think there was ever any doubt that who would become the president. I'll be honest, though, I didn't really anticipate that it would be thirty-three-one. You know, I mean, there were talks until a day or two before the elections that Bajpayee would at least secure the two votes, the proposer and the seconder who backed him. So that was a, a bit of a surprise over there. You know, it reminded me of. Uh, Which was that match uh, way back in 2002, which ended like 32-0 or something, 32-1. There's a famous book on that. Just reminded me a bit of that. Uh, uh, but yeah, it was a big surprise. The margin of the defeat, not the result. Right. I mean, like you mentioned, it was the two people that backed or the two states that backed by Chung, right? And yeah, I mean, even even if you had to add, you would just probably add one more to it. Right, but who knows what went actually behind the scenes? There only one came out in support of Baichun. But let's now look at Kalyan Chaudhary. Though he had, we also see Kalyan is also a former player, and I think it's the first time that we are seeing so many former players as part of the committee or the governing body as such. Because uh, we had Shabir Ali and I am Vijay also taking up some key roles. So, Mihir, what do you think of? Are we looking at something where you know we are finally giving probably some dues to these players who have actually played part for Indian football? I hope so. I still not uh, jump onto that conclusion. I think it's a little early to say that for the simple reason that I'm I'm yet to see. I'm willing to see how the decision making process takes place in the current administration. Now, there's of course no doubt that this executive body is made up of. Some very experienced uh, sports administrators, football administrators. You have Tete from Mizoram and uh, Shaji, of course. Uh, Shaji Prabhakaran is the secretary. Two people with vast experiences. But uh, Siju, like you rightly said, just the number of players that we are seeing right now in the executive body that is an encouraging sign. At least it points towards a future where we can see footballers. Sportspersons having a larger say in the way their federations are run. 
I was in fact uh, I bumped into Vijayan just after the elections got over, and he's anyway a very cheerful, a very bubbly character, right? And and you really could see the excitement in his voice, in his in his body language, and everything. And he was saying that this was the first time when Climax and Shabir Ali walked into the football house. He was saying that it's the first time we could feel that energy, uh, you know, that feel that enthusiasm that we'll also now be having a say in the decision-making process. And that, I think, should be a big boost uh, for all the players. Uh, there's, there's hope for all of them now. Yeah, and we were also talking about uh, players who are going on to be administrators. We also say that, you know, good players need not be good coaches. We always have, use an analogy to say even you know, for administrators as well. Good players need not be good administrators. That was one thing uh, you were talking about. But... Yes, these are players who do take up uh, key decisions and they are, at least they have a chance to voice their opinion. But how do you see this new regime? Change is good, yes. But do you see that, you know, like you mentioned also that it is too early to say anything. But as somebody who's been covering Indian football for so many years and uh, sport in India or anywhere, in fact, it can't be independent of the politics of that country. So... I don't see a point in saying, you know, keep the politics aside and let's do only sports. But here we do have, he's part of the BJP party. But would you see any influences coming in from there like we've seen in the past? Or uh, do you see a promising new kind of change? Okay, so about the influence bit, I asked Kalyan Chaube point blank uh, during the press conference after the elections were over where I asked him that, look, can you assure and can you ensure that this committee of yours will operate without any interference from the government or any third parties? And uh, his reply was, time will tell. So that, of course, I think is something that we all want to see. But uh, I mean, simple thing, whenever, you know, there's something new uh, happening, when whenever there is a fresh start, we always have some hope. Uh, so to say, in AIFF, we haven't had a fresh start in decades, at least not in our lifetime, right? Uh, when Prapul Patel took over and, and Kushal Das became secretary, it was still more or less the continuation of the previous administration. The same set of people were continuing and the same things were there. There was no change as such in the way AIFF was run or the people who were running the AIFF. If we look at the current committee now, I think there are just two people from the earlier executive committee who are still a part of it. So you can see the entire make of the AIFF, the decision makers at, at the AIFF, there is a big vast change. And not just there, we've seen there's a change in the general secretary uh, post, I think, which is, I mean, on a day-to-day basis, I think it's more important than a president because of the decision making and, and everything that has to be done. There is a change uh, at the Deputy General Secretary, where Sunandodhar takes over. So, in a way, we are seeing a complete revamp of the football house. And we can only hope that, you know, after, I mean, years of uh, pain and suffering and bad decisions and everything that's happened, you know, this will lead to a better, hopeful future. Right. Now, before the whole elections happened, and, you know, like we, we saw how Bai Chung was probably confident of probably becoming, or rather uh, was talking about him being the deserving candidate and all of those things. Anything from him post the elections, apart from the fact that he said that he'll be part of the committee as an eminent player, but is there anything that probably you reached out to him or anything that he had to say? 
it was kind of sad actually to see the things unfolding the way they did for Baichung. I mean, it was extremely hot that day in Delhi, and uh, you know, three or four of us journalists were inside the lobby of uh, the AFF quarters. We weren't allowed inside the building. While the counting was still on for the, the vice president and the treasurer's post, Bai Chung just walked out of uh, the building, and there was a car waiting for him just at the gate. And uh, he did not look like he wanted to spend an extra second. So when uh, you know we reached out to him for a comment, he was slightly reluctant, but he still, I mean, kind of kept a smiling face somehow, wished Kalyan all the best, and just gave. that one quote that you know he'll he'll want to be a part of the executive committee since then we've seen uh, you know he's he's given i don't remember where i read it, but one of the newspaper interviews one of the quotes he gave was uh, that he is reconsidering uh, to be a part of it so i don't think uh, we have seen the last of uh, the baichung bhutia debate but yeah i mean it, it he he looked really downcast that day, especially because the elections took place on friday and uh, on thursday afternoon there was this uh, shubhrato cup event uh, press conference uh, launch press conference in delhi and uh, we met pai chung there and he looked extremely upbeat he was talking about you know at least uh, uh, i mean he didn't he he was of course confident of a win but worst case scenario was confident of a double digit voting for him he looked extremely satisfied with the way his meetings with the states had gone and everything so to seem that glum next day was a bit jarring so if that was a case the day before what do you think changed overnight or is that something that we are assuming that something changed overnight uh i think we are assuming something changed overnight because siju i mean the moment it became clear that kalyan was the candidate i don't think any of us had doubt uh, that he would become the president uh, even when baichung it became apparent that ruby baichung versus kalyan there was still a thing that kalyan was the overwhelming favorite to become the president so i don't think anything changed in particular overnight perhaps uh, you know by chung from his meetings uh, the states would have just been kind to him being nice to him on face or you know he was given wrong wrong projections by the people who were backing him guiding him we don't know what happened because by chung is yet to speak but yeah it can't be that overnight there is there is such a big change right and just to i mean ask you as someone who's seen by chung from player to then you know he's also worked in the association uh, and his own in his own state uh, as well but when somebody said that yeah he's willing to work closely with kalyan that this meant that irrespective of the result probably he would definitely work and someone who said that i still part of the committee is he so hurt that he changed his mind saying that he would reconsider on being part of the committee or what do you think i know for a fact that he was very disappointed after the supreme court verdict uh, when his entry as his candidature as an eminent player was then no longer eligible so he was extremely disappointed at that point and i have again a feeling that you know i mean if we keep the politics of this aside we don't know for sure whether Baichung was being backed by a certain group of people or not. But purely going on face value, I think Baichung had really invested emotionally in this. He truly felt that he could do a better job or a good job, you know, as a president. 
he had spoken time and again of how shocked he was with the political interference in the elections which you know i mean i i don't know i mean he has been both a player and a politician so i don't know if if he should really be that shocked with the level of political interference but yeah i mean i think he genuinely felt that he had a chance again i don't know from what that confidence stemmed but uh, he was really disappointed he was he was really disappointed with uh, the things uh, the, the way they unfolded Right. Okay. Now let's talk about something that we know of, rather about someone who's spoken out is Kalyan. And you mentioned that uh, you asked him those questions and the plans that he's laid down. That you know they plan to come up with a short-term plan for the Indian football on seventh of September. We are recording this on the sixth, uh, and there will be a long term after hundred days. Mehir, what are your thoughts? Is there anything that you are expecting, or what are you rather expecting for them to come up in the short term plan? So the short term plan, which Kalyan said that uh, it would be unveiled on September seven. Now, if uh, uh, I've been told that it's been slightly postponed, it might not happen on September seven. I mean, you never know with the AFF, but it was it was told that there would be a press conference in Delhi on September seven, where they would just unveil their short term plan. There is no invite yet for the press conference, and there is no talk. Uh, there, there, someone, someone just told me that it might be pushed back by a few days. It was refreshing that he really did not make. I mean, I was just glad that his first statement was that we'll qualify for the 2030 World Cup. I'm just glad that did not happen because I mean, Siju, you have heard so many of those speeches, those promises, and it. Uh, I mean, how many times you have rolled our eyes when someone says that? So I was really glad he's not kind of uh, uh, lay down that trap for uh, not just his his new committee but for the Indian football fans. Uh, and he sounded uh, realistic. There was of course uh, a lot of uh, the government does this for sports. The government will do that for sport, etc., etc. And look, I mean, if the government does come out and support football, I don't think any of us would be complaining. I mean, the priorities which uh, Of course, the immediate one would be the under seventeen women's World Cup. Uh, but I think the priority for them should be to sort out the domestic structure, not just for men. I think men still have enough decent number of matches they get in a year, but there needs to be a proper calendar for women because uh, one thing that we've seen in the last few uh, years, last few months, is that if we give our women footballers enough time to play. There'll be more of them going abroad and playing quality football than the men. That needs to be sorted out. I mean, the list is long. Uh, I mean, Kalyan has given absolutely zero insight into what his long-term plans are, what his short-term plans are. He has a lot of ideas to structurally improve the AIFF uh, in terms of, you know, assigning one executive committee member to every department of the federation. and be in close coordination with them oversee their operations i think that's an interesting way of going about things he's spoken about bringing in transparency how much and how he defines transparency is something that we'll have to wait and watch but at least the earlier administration wasn't that transparent uh, they weren't really open about their decision making process and why they took certain decisions so if that happens it will be a welcome change but yeah i mean i'm i'm waiting to see how he decides what his short term goals are and of course the long term would be i i i really don't i again hope that you know he doesn't say qualifying for the world cup i'll be 
I'll be glad if he says that you know I want India to qualify on merit for the under 17 World Cup or or you know qualify for the under 23 uh, events uh, do well in age group events in Asia because that will kind of set the bar set the benchmark for future teams to improving and getting results yeah and i think you put it right especially towards the end when you mentioned the age groups right yes men the senior men have a calendar at least set i mean there's something happening uh, every year even if it's for a shorter window but there is something happening women need a longer uh, duration at least as compared to the men but what we are completely seeing a miss is at the lower divisions right even the grassroots there's there's only one category and then after under 17 there's none and then you have to wait for under 23 to come up so there's definitely a lot of work to do uh, like you mentioned yes one good thing is and uh, part of that change was to see the narrative being changed which is not promising of or not wanting to have a dream that you know to play in a world cup i'm sure if it also brought a smile to the late novi kapadia as well you know he we would also be have been happy to see someone or hear from someone who actually being realistic even if deep down in the head they want to but hey you know what the reality is uh, but moving on with coming back to the whole former players turning into if whether good or bad were they on the field as that translated literally onto the administration level um now we have uh, shabir ali sir and vijayan sir back in this particular thing but how do you see looking at the past people who had that uh, roles how do you see these guys putting in front but because one is yes they could be excited that they are made part of the system and the decision making the other is even climax lawrence as well but the other aspect is also that there is a huge responsibility for them as well right because it's the football that they played in their era is not what it is now there are things that have changed the dynamics of it the whole transfer it's 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 more bigger the money aspect the league aspect the glamour aspect whatever whether we like it or not or the business side of things so how do you see all of this playing a part and you know for them to actually put up because it is going to be it's not going to be an easy role to execute so do you think they would be given complete freedom to come up with their opinions do you think it would be a controlled way i'll be surprised if uh, anyone can stop uh, vijayan from expressing himself uh, completely and honestly so i mean i i'll i'll hope that uh, you know guys like vijayan and shabir ali again another one who who's often willing to speak his heart out his mind out i expect them to uh, you know say uh, be truthful more than anything whenever these meetings are taking place i mean uh, of course uh, they they need to be aware of uh, the modern trends and practices but i think it's okay i think it's okay if the eras have changed if there is more money now there are more transfers now what their inputs will be more valuable in understanding the mindset of players so uh, understanding the num- that uh, there's just the need of having more matches for the players uh, which i think the previous administrations i don't know if they failed to understand that or they realized uh, that they were they were grounded by practical difficulties we don't know about the previous administration for sure uh, but guys like vijayan shabir climax uh, pinky uh, tawabi uh, everyone each one of them have played at a very high level 
So for players as well, the players who are playing now have that confidence that someone representing will be representing them in the executive committee. If if say for example a young a woman footballer, why young? I mean, if even if someone like Ashwarya Devi right now, if she has something to uh, add value in terms of decision making, uh, I'm sure she can reach out to any of these players. And they can then put it forward to the executive committee. Whereas earlier, I don't know how open it was, like if for Asha Data to reach out to an executive committee member or an AIF president straight away, it would, uh, uh, even though the doors would have always been open, there is always this hierarchical thing where you don't know how your values, how your how your inputs will be taken. But with players, you'd expect ki they'll be a little more uh, open, little more frank. Which is good. So if if even if these players uh, who are in the exco, if they become messengers for what the requirements of the players are in terms of the quality of opponents they play, the the kind of matches they're playing, the number of matches they're playing, the facilities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If someone can constantly get those messages to say the president or the general secretary or the executive committee members, it'll be nice. And and I think. These players can act as a bridge between the administrators and the players. Right, and I think how big a boost and a plus is to have is to see women players also being included there. And you know, we always see that disparity everywhere else. But uh, like I said, with with the change, we are happy to see some changes that are for the good. So, rightly as you mentioned, if there are women players who are looking into something or they are going through something that definitely can be heard by them, uh, you know, and we have no clue how it was earlier. So definitely, we we hope to see. That's all we, we can say. But come to the closing thoughts, uh, rather closing points. We also have this whole Players Association, right? The Football Players Association of India. Do you see by any chance that they would probably get... Now, the only thing they didn't have was an uh, approval by the governing body of the country. Do you see that being changed? Or do you... And would you say that... Do you think these two parties would work together? And if not, then how do you see... You know, they have players part of their AIFF committee as well. And then there are players on this side. So how do you see the, these two bodies going ahead, working... Do you... I hope uh, the players' body continues to function independently. You really don't want them to get too close to the federation. Uh, that that will be kind of if there should be one slight blurring of lines when it happens, then you start questioning both. I just hope that the players' federation continues to remain independent, and I don't think there is any plan to kind of merge the two or or get the two closer. Uh, the players' federation, I guess, has to stand up to the federation and fight for the rights of of those playing the game. And at the same time, you spoke about you know them getting their members into the executive board or the general body. That is important because if you don't have people over there in in the federation, then how will you make your voice heard? So those two aspects are of course there. I just hope, to be honest, like I'll be very honest, so I just hope that the Players' Federation also starts to speak up a lot more than they are right now. There are so many issues that players are facing from unpaid wages to contract disputes. I'm not talking about the ISL I-League players, 
but uh, i think the players body should be representing each and every uh, player who's who's semi professionally or professionally playing the game in the country and they can do a lot more than they're doing right now i understand they would be having a lot of practical difficulties in implementing or or just going around uh, going about their job but yeah i mean as much as we hold the federation accountable i think it's also important that we hold the other bodies accountable for what they do as well so i'm not as much uh, excited as at looking at looking forward to you know players body and federation working together but i'll be more keen to see if the players body continues to hold the federation accountable or continues to be in, uh, working purely in interest of the players rather than anyone else right now i'm coming to the closing thoughts is as we look at this whole drama that unfolded from the start uh, which probably started years back but uh, just to talk about what happened this year with the petition going into the court and the court having you know removing praful patel from the place and then the whole coa starting to work and they having their own uh, agenda or thoughts to work around it uh, then the ban that comes in and the, then you know there there are things that has to be followed so we get to work the supreme court then finally agrees of what has to be done and uh, things happen the way it should happen according to fifa at least so and then comes Uh, and then the ban is lifted and then we have elections and there's a bit more drama about two former players fighting for the position a lot of things happen and finally we have uh, a new regime but mehir when you look back at all of this what do you have to say i mean as someone following indian football so closely so much drama i don't think we expected but as you see the whole thing unfolded what are your thoughts was it necessary what all happened or could this have a lot of things could have been avoided or all that happened was for the good i mean whether it happened for the good we know perhaps in a couple of years because i think two years would be good enough time to judge whether the current administration has done a decent job but uh, just one thing i'll i'll say this i mean that's that's the thing i i I've kind of strongly felt I've, i've spoken about this in the express podcast Uh, also in an opinion piece for the indian express look at some level everyone's responsible for the mess that has happened you know the federation the previous president tapul patel he kind of uh, hung on he hung on for longer than you know what his actual term tenure was so that triggered this entire thing the others in the federation who started speaking against him uh much later only after the coa came into action could have spoken up much earlier the states see uh, you we all know how dormant the states are all over the country except for some three or four states you know they've never done anything at least uh, tangible that i have seen but suddenly when you know things came upon them when their existence came under threat they suddenly all swung into action and they they saw that there's an opportunity now so let's swing into action and start doing something uh they were also like sleeping for the longest time so states are to be blamed the aifs is to be blamed uh the coa i've mentioned it before slightly got criticized for that but the coa could have been a little more practical in the way they went about forming the constitution drafting the constitution uh look you have you've signed up to a set of international rules whether you like it or not whether you accept or not you are a signatory to that i mean aifs is a signatory to 
FIFA statues. You can't suddenly turn around and say that look, we don't like FIFA statues. We'll go our way. Unfortunately, even though they may be right, that's not how the world functions. So they could have perhaps taken a more practical approach in drafting of the constitution and done it in a speedier manner, probably. So that perhaps was was uh, something that they could have done better. And FIFA, I mean, the suspension uh, of the AIFF. Uh, by doing so, they chose to protect their own people, you know, uh, rather than ensuring or protecting the rights of the players. What was the fault of the Gokulam Kerala players who missed an opportunity to compete in the women's championship, the Asian women's championship? When the International Olympic Committee bans or suspends an, a particular country. So, for example, in 2012, when the IOC suspended India, Indian athletes were still allowed to compete as neutrals. They, they were allowed to compete, but not under India's flag. In FIFA's case, even that is impossible. So I think FIFA is wrong in that. Uh, they should be doing more to ensure the players' rights are protected. And it wasn't just about the players. It was about players, coaches, physios, uh, psychologists, uh, the kit man. Yeah, an entire set of club. Yeah. Exactly. There are so many people working behind the scenes whose whose livelihood depends on football. So, I mean, yeah, they could have just been a, more, a little more sensitive to that. So, yeah, uh, at, at some level, I think uh, many people, almost everyone involved in the system are to be blamed. But look, hey, we are out of it, thankfully. And we can just hope that, you know, those troublesome days are beyond us. Right. And uh, we continue. Whatever happens, whether good or bad, we'll have to wait and watch. All we can do is hope for the best. And uh, even if it doesn't happen for the best, uh, we can only hold on to that hope. Mihir, thank you so much for making it. And uh, if I may also say that, as Mihir mentioned, he also has a podcast. So do you want to probably talk about your podcast? Do you only speak about football or do you also talk about all sports? What is it like? No, no, thanks. Thanks for mentioning. But yeah, we do all sports. It's out every Saturday. It's called uh, Game Time. Uh, it's, It's under the banner Express Sports Podcast. It's like this one. It's available on all usual podcast apps. Great. So if you want, if you are a football fan, then you should probably stick to the show that you're listening to. But if you want to know, if you want to know all, all that's happening, all that's happening. <laughs> well played, <laughs> you. Well played. <laughs> Learning from the best. Well, all that's happening in other sports, you can definitely check out Express Sports uh, podcast called The Game Time. Mihir and I definitely go all the way back to probably when I started my journalism career. Uh, don't want to mention the year I'm already too old I sound very old so let it be Uh, but Mihir thank you so much from being someone as a guide a friend and now a guest on my show I feel I feel very happy about that it's so good to be here well to all the lovely listeners thank you so much for being so patient with us uh, whenever we change the days of our release but you guys still make sure that you tune into the show I hope you enjoyed this one as well as we had eminent players we have now an eminent journalist also so thank you so much (laughs) thank you so much guys and please please do if you liked it please to follow and subscribe to the podcast Uh, we are available on all the leading audio platforms thank you once again this is me your host Siju signing off